The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Well, welcome back. It's another week, another week filled of good sports and actually good chilly weather here that we all get excited for in Arizona. This is why we live here for this time of the year. What's going on with you, Reese? Oh, uh, nothing much, man. I just literally walked in. Uh, had to uh, run a couple of errands and, and went to Flo White to pick up some wings. And you know, today's uh, Erica's birthday, so that's why I'm, you know my mind has been kind of running at a thousand miles an hour trying to get some stuff done. And uh, but other than that, uh, cooler man, just. Uh, Hanging in there, it rained practically all day today, and uh, it just broke, and the sky was absolutely beautiful, so I'm happy about that. But uh, other than that, man, just cooling. Yeah, you don't want to mess up with EP's birthday, because stuff would get real. <laughs> nah, man, tell you, tell you about it. You know, tell me about it. Yeah, similar to you, I've been no. ripping and running. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I will be going overseas to do some things in Africa as well as Europe and so uh, it's exciting time uh, my dad turns 70 tomorrow so we have a celebration for for my dad so it's and then Thanksgiving and you know it's it's crazy it's, it's madness going on right now awesome now when are, when are you leaving for Africa uh, I am leaving the day after Thanksgiving Okay, okay. Cool. Yep. So we'll probably uh, cross paths uh, either on Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Well, th- that'll be what's up. Uh, one of the things we want to do is, I mean, really want to give a moment of silence to all people that have been suffering uh, with the terrorist acts and things of that nature. Uh, you know, we know that is m- more than just sports. Um, and our hearts, our prayers, and our empathy goes out to those that are affected by it. I mean, to be honest, I had I was kind of frightened because I had plenty of people in France. You know, for those of you that don't know, I was a head coach in France and developed a lot of good relationships over there. So, you know, I was, you know, concerned. We had to thank God for technology. We had the Facebook check-ins with uh, my former teammates and stuff. And so, I mean um, – Praise God, none of them were injured, but nonetheless, it's still a sombering moment. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when something like that happens, uh, the only thing you can do is, you know, pray for the situation and hope that uh, everyone that you know uh, is okay. But uh, 
some serious times that we're living in and uh you know hopefully you know things is settled down and getting get taken care of but yep so uh what another thing that's going on man uh well so we we had that and you know uh but just sports as a whole man it's been exciting um Reese, did you were you able? I'm sure you followed college games this week. Have you touched base with any of those games this week? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of games that I, you know, kept my eye on. Of course, uh, the big game of the week was the Oklahoma Baylor game, and uh, you know, Oklahoma, they're they're rounding into form right now, uh, going into this these last two weeks. So. We'll see what happens. I was in a discussion with uh, a guy last night about Notre Dame. He's a Notre Dame fanatic, and uh, he thinks that Notre Dame is, you know, pretty much locked in. And I told him that, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case because of the strength of schedule in these last two to three weeks, especially with uh, Oklahoma State. I think they have a much better chance of jumping over Notre Dame than uh, in Oklahoma if they would have went out um, because of how they're finishing. I mean, they beat a number seven TCU. They have a number uh, 10, who is it, uh, uh, Baylor coming up. And and uh, also they have to face, uh, I believe, Oklahoma. So if they go, that's the last game of the season, season bedlam. So if they go ahead and, and uh, finish the season undefeated, I don't see how a Notre Dame team, despite having that one loss at Cleveland, can remain at that four spot. Uh, especially with, you know, when you look at strength of schedule, and also their, you know, one of their last games is going to be at Stanford. Well, what Stanford team is going to show up? You know, Stanford that got, you know, pretty much manhandled by Oregon is the same Stanford team that showed up and and slept walked in uh, Evanston the first game of the season. So, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of parity in in like football itself. I think whether it's college or the pros, and I think that uh, you know, I want to interject like with Notre Dame. Um, and being a big Notre Dame fan, I, I, in fact, uh, this weekend I had Oliver Gibson and thought we were going to be with Bertram Berry, uh, two former uh, Notre Dame alums that were uh, – one was staying with me, and that actually uh, Oliver should be back here in a minute. But, uh, you know, we were just talking about it, and I was like, you know what? It's part of it, what may come down to it, and I know they say it's not done this way, but, I mean, one of the things is the fact that Notre Dame is not, you know, in a conference. But then the other thing that could go in their favor, though, is that star power. I mean, we know at the end of the day it's about the money. Would you agree or not agree on that one? Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the problem with it. You know, last uh, December uh, I wrote a, a blog um, about the, the new system and how – Really, I mean, it, it's it's the it's the equivalent to fascism, where <laughs> you know it, it's you know the NCAA is the governing body, but it's being shaped and 
and pushed based off of money and 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 uh, basically corporatism you know, in a sense. You know, you have these corporations lining up to, you know, uh, uh, sponsor these games. But at the same time, you know, you have the influence of who draws a bigger crowd. So, you know, I me personally, I totally hate the system. Uh, I know we're going to be stuck with it for a couple of years. Uh, Some people are clamoring for an eight playoff, an 18 playoff system. I, me personally, and I, I would love for people to, you know, go back and read that blog. It's uh, on my website. I'll give it later on. But uh, I personally believe that, to be fair, there needs to be a 16-team playoff system where you have 10 major uh, – you, you have the 10 conferences, FBS conferences. The conference champion from each conference gets an automatic bid. And you and and you take six wild card teams, and those six teams uh, that get in are based on their uh, overall ranking in you, either the old BCS system that took into consideration all of the polls and some computer uh, output, uh, and 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 then rank you know one through sixteen from there, kind of like you know with with uh, the basketball tournament. And that's the that is the only way that you're going to get a fair and balanced system where everybody has a chance. You know, at the beginning of the season, the Boise states and the Nevadas and the Middle Tennessee states and the Northern Illinois and the and the Toledos they legitimately have an argument or or say at the beginning of the season, hey. If we run the table, if we win this conference, we have a legitimate chance of winning a national title. And like you said, there's so much parity that some of these mid-major teams, you know, they're definitely closing the gap. And you see it, especially in basketball, uh, NCAA basketball, this this first week with a number of upsets that have happened. I think the same thing is starting to take place in football as well. Yeah, I- well, I think what we call it. Uh, one of the things I have with this, uh, seeing it from being here near when the Fiesta Bowl has taken place right down the street from my home, uh, one of the issues had been. I don't know if you remember about four or five years ago, or when Oklahoma was in uh, and they played Connecticut, and um, one of the things you saw for a Fiesta Bowl, certain teams, even though UConn had a great season. First of all, they didn't travel well, and, you know, they lost so much money. The school lost so much money on the bowl game, you know, it just wasn't really worth it for them to be in it. I mean, I know it's different with the national championship game, but just imagine if you had, okay, say a MAC conference winner that's coming, and let's just say it's Western Michigan, and Western Michigan is playing – Let's just say USC. Even though USC is going to have a following, those seats don't get filled. And, I mean, it is entertainment, and it is about selling out and star power. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you take a look at what the FCS does, like the first two or three rounds, the the higher-seeded team hosts those games. 
So it'll be just like, you know, let's say that it was a first round matchup between that Western Michigan team and let's say Alabama. Well, that game is going to be hosted in Tuscaloosa and you know, they're going to sell that out. So, for, you know, for the most part, I mean, your bigger schools, the bigger draws are going to host. And my whole thing is let these corporations sponsor these games they're going to be, you know, there's, you know, a first with 16 teams. That means that there's eight games there. Let let corporations basically bid on these games, you know, and the uh, the, the sponsor spots and uh, they go to the highest bidder and you have quality football. You know, yeah, you might have a blowout here and there. But I mean, I, I swear, you know, I, I think last year I have to. uh Look at what I had for the 8-9 game. But those were like, I think it may have been like Michigan State versus Ole Miss. Who wouldn't want to watch that as a first round game? So I I think that we really need to, I mean, eventually, uh, you know, they'll probably bump it up to eight. But I think, you know, to be fair, it's going to have to go to 16. Shall be interesting. Shall be interesting. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and we're going to go back, uh, come back after break and talk some football and we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. Left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, we got into the little college situation, and we didn't finish with, so right now the rankings are uh, Alabama number one, is that not... Am I correct with that, Maurice? No, it's uh, Clemson. Nothing Clemson. has changed. Clemson at number one. Uh, 
Bama at number two, Ohio State at number three, and Notre Dame at number four. Now, to me, this is the one thing I do take issue with before we go into the NFL. Ohio State, returning national champions, hasn't lost, should still be number one. Pretty much the same roster, maybe lost. Well, one. you know, the same the, the same situation, uh, you know, happened last year with Florida State. You know, they, they ran the table, but they were just squeaking by. They really didn't look like a, a strong – they really didn't look like they had an identity, you know, early and midway through the season. So that's why they kind of slipped, but – but again, I don't know. I, it, did they win the really games? Does not. You know, I, I always say, did they win the games? No one cares at the end of the day how many points it looks is in the win column or is it in the loss column. And Ohio State hasn't lost, and now is almost you know is going on two years. <laughs> Why aren't they number one? That's all I gotta say. Um, well, I guess what the committee. What the committee tries to do is, you know, they don't think about the previous season. They just want to look at what they they see that, you know, what they're seeing with their eyes. They're using the eye test to determine, you know, who they believe is is the better team at that point. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I get it, but that's I, I be hard to remove. Yeah, less. I get it, but it'll be hard to remove. Yeah, which is, what you've seen, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it'd be hard. Um, for, as I was saying, Maurice is having a bad connection there. Um, to me, it'd be hard for them to not consider, you know, we're just going to look at this year. Well, you gotta look at the past last year. You know, they weren't necessarily always on all cylinders, and they came in and did their thing. But the other issue uh, I mean, where we're going to go into now is the NFL, and hopefully we get Reese back. Um, going into Thursday night's game, Buffalo versus New York Jets, man, I tell you what, I was shocked. Um, but the Jets, without a quarterback, you know, they are who they are. You know, Brandon Marshall, you know, getting banged up those things start to take a course when you don't have as much depth. I think that um, Rex Ryan definitely, definitely needed this win, uh, considering his circus show that he puts on every week. I think the Bills, I thought both of these teams were sneak teams this year coming in. I felt like, you know, they both made the moves in the offseason to improve. Uh, I would like to see the rookie play, uh, Huntley play with the Jets, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Buffalo, uh, Shady McCoy, that boy's a runner. And, I mean, to me, these two teams are very similar. Uh, both have strong defenses. I think the Jet, I get the edge to the Jets with the defensive backfield. Um, the running game, give to the Bills. Uh, Buffalo probably has the better edge with the quarterback. Um, so, anyway, I mean, congratulations to uh, Rex and uh, – Saying bye to his ex girlfriend. <laughs> so, did you watch that game, Reese? You know, I watched it in bits and pieces. I think I may have been uh, watching the Bulls uh, 
play also on that night or some some basketball game. So I was flipping back and forth. But I, I was just yeah, I, I saw I saw an interesting article uh, the next morning. It was talking about how some visually impaired people were, were complaining about the games because of the colors of the uniforms. With, oh yeah, uh, I green. it's like Christmas. It looked like yeah. Christmas. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's what I had said uh, on Twitter. It's like you know, watching a Christmas Day game or something uh, with the Christmas colors. But I guess uh, visually impaired uh, people have trouble uh, distinguishing the difference between green and red. Um, oh. So I, I thought that was, you know, interesting. Now, what but, uh, in the 80s is going on in Green Bay, man? I, I mean, you picked the Lions, didn't you, last week? You know what? I I, I forgot to go back and look who I, I – I think I may have picked Green Bay because I know they had lost uh, two games and they were back in Lambeau. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. Do you think it's time to? Uh, I know that Coach McCarthy is talking about. Not yet. Not not yet. Um, I mean, well, you know, Minnesota's playing extremely well right now, but it's still too early. I think they still have two games against Minnesota, uh, so they have a chance to right the ship, but. I think, you know, kind of a similar situation that Andrew Luck is in with uh, Andy. You know, he, I think Aaron is, is trying to press too much. And he's trying to uh, make the big plays instead of checking down. And that's something that McCarthy had uh, talked about in a, in a post game that, you know, they need to make the simple plays. So uh, I think they'll get it fixed. I mean, Aaron... You, they should accidentally, like, without any effort, beat Detroit by two two touchdowns on, on just showing up. Detroit shows up, they're down by two touchdowns. I, I mean, for them to win at Lambeau, it was just the unspoken rule, it doesn't happen. Yeah, this, I mean, it, it was, it was crazy. Like this, losses like this get coaches jobs on the line, even though we know that's not the case in Green Bay. But – when you lose a game like this, uh, th- this is one of those games you're supposed to win. That's not good for the home team. Yeah, yeah man. So I don't. I, I think. I think it's just a, a, a crazy funk that they're in right now. I think they'll right the ship uh, soon. They 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 really need some help from the wide out. So they they got to help Aaron. I mean, Jordy, you see, you you now see who his crutch was. Uh, going on to the next game. Uh, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Cowboys, wow. <laughs> That's all I got to say is they finally let Whedon go. They let that project go. He's only 40 years old with five years in the league. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so we'll skip that game. But, yeah. Uh, what you call it? The Panthers, they did it again. What do you have to say about them? I mean, did you watch that game? I know that's local. Yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, man, they just get the job done. There's there's nothing else you can say. It's not pretty. You know, the defense, it's a hard-nosed, old-school type of defense. They, they got great corners, great, uh, great uh, safeties, great linebacker play. 
they're, they're just a solid team. And when it gets to that fourth quarter, man, you know, having the extra runner and Cam, that's the, you know, it's, it's too much to deal with. And he's oh, playing at, a, at a, such a high level mentally. You know, not we we know he has the physical tools and the physical capability, but he's he's now at a point where he's playing like with this super chip on his shoulder, knowing that nobody with hit with the ball in his hands, nobody can stop him. So yeah, and, and he has the swag, and I gotta tell you, uh, I liked how he, when he did a celebration and old dude got in his face. He was like, "What this?" <laughs> it was like, <laughs> "What?" But honestly. Something like that, his team feeds off of. I mean, you know, especially in a sport like football, like what? Here it is. So, I mean, congratulations. I'm still not sold later on in, you know, in a year in the playoffs. I think after a while, you know, I don't care who you are. You take enough hits. uh, You get those wheels slowing down. I, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing it, but I don't know if they could do it for the long haul. Yeah, we. Shall see. I, I, yeah, I, I think they have that division locked up. You know. Yeah, but I'm just saying when they get out, I don't think it's enough to win a championship. Uh, but moving on. Yeah, moving on. Now this is a game that shocked the Hades out of me. The Bears beat the Rams. I'm like, how in the world does this happen? Nick Foles, how do you, when they wanted you to be the man, did you trick it off? And I'm still, I warn people, do not fall into the Jay Cutler trap. Don't don't fall into the trap. It's a trap. You know what? I like the rookie running back. He show, you know, they're they're doing what they need to do. And uh they're keeping basically they're keeping their formula. And uh I gotta give John Fox credit for that. Um and He's getting them. I thought it would be a couple years before he got them going, but it's good to see that, you know, they're competitive and they're actually winning because St. Louis by no means uh, is a pushover game. So uh, congratulations to the Chicago Bears with that. Uh, I have no clue what's going on with the Saints. So Redskins, or I hate to call them Redskins, Washington beats the Saints. That was a shocker. Uh, Eagles and Dolphins. Man, it's parody. Um, we'll see what happens. We knew the Steelers were going to beat the Browns, but the Jaguar and Ravens. I don't know. Is it time to? Uh, is it time for the Ravens to start looking at the mirror and saying, "What the heck is going on?" I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. But what we're going to do? Uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back. Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. 
formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So skipping around a little bit, we're going back. Uh, we have a better connection. But the Browns versus Steelers, did you uh, follow that at all, Reese? Uh, you know what I did? Uh, they cut into that game uh, well, towards the end of it. How bad luck is the Browns? First of all, you got Johnny Manziel, who's now uh, the starter for remaining in the season. Um, but how unlucky are they to knock out Landry Jones only to get Big Ben back in and let, <laughs> and let Big Ben do grown man things? <laughs> Him and Antonio Brown, oh, my goodness. Is he just giving it to folks or what? With Ben. Nobody yeah, else they, but Ben. Yeah, Cle- Cleveland definitely got that work. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just an organization, dude. Uh, nothing, they can't get any good breaks. Uh, I can't remember when was the last time they, they got a good break. Uh, the ball, ball bounced away in, in a season. Uh, I, I, I can't call it. So call they're it. turning over the – what's that? <laughs> I'm going to call it the curse of them not giving me the rest of the money they owe me. (laughs) Uh, They're turning the reins over to Johnny. Uh, He's going to play out the rest of the season. He's going to start the rest of the season, so we'll see what he can do. 
But uh, he's playing his way right to the backup of Tony Romo in Dallas. That's what's going to happen. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, did you follow? Did you, you see the Oakland uh, Vikings game? I, I was shocked that I thought AP, that AP would do well, but I didn't think it would be you know sixteen point win by Minnesota. I actually thought the Raiders would pull it out. They're just a gritty team, um, but they're young. So, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing with Oakland right now. I think they have some very good pieces going forward, but it's about experience. It's about learning how to close out games, uh, uh, you know, cutting down on the penalties and, and, and turnovers. But, um, you know, it's, it's a growing, you know, it's going to be a growing pain. And they're, they're still in the hunt, you know, for a wild card. So I, I wouldn't count Oakland out just yet, yeah. especially with the way Denver is playing. Yeah, uh, they're they're holding on by a string right now. But then every time I see this game, I just, you know, see these two play. is always some action and adventure. The Patriots and the Giants, <laughs> man, oh, man. Uh, Tom Brady, he's still the man. I don't care what anybody says. But New York is the one team, even though they lost the game, they're the one team that, I still think they scares the Patriots. I think the Patriots are literally scared of the Giants. Yeah, I think I think the Giants are the the semi kryptonite to you know Tom Brady and, and the and the New England Patriots. They just they just play them tough. They they, 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 they play, play them tough and they're so unpredictable. Like I don't know about you. Like when I was an offensive coordinator, the teams that scared me weren't the teams with the structure and discipline. It was the teams that kind of where guys would be where they weren't supposed to be, you know, or they had all the intangible things like, you know, somebody slipping that get up and catch it and score. You know, it, the Giants, I think, for the Patriots, is their Achilles heels. Even though they beat them, they're like, what are we going to get? How do we properly prepare to play the Giants? Because yeah, they're so absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to add to that, there, there's something to be said about confidence, you know, being confident against uh, a team, no matter who it is. And they have the resume. They've beaten, you know, New England, I don't know how many times, four out of the five, five last meetings uh, or something like that. So they they have the experience, you know, beating them. They know that they can play with them. They know them very well. In, in high pressure situations, so it's just a recipe that you know has worked well for for the Giants against them. Now, what in the world is going on in the Mile High? Is it all the wacky tobacco? I mean, <laughs> it's like, man. I, I mean, I've said it last year, and I'm still sticking with it. Peyton is done. I mean, he he gets benched. And I mean, the two weeks ago, Nick and I, Nick Browder and I, we were just going at it, texting each other, talking crap. And he was like, that looks like a pretty good throw to me. I said, Peyton versus when he was playing the Colts, he was going to die trying to win that game. He was giving everything else he had. And I don't think he just has anything else in the tank. I mean, when you have a weak, not the strongest arm in the world, you know, your footwork, you had a bum leg, and you're older. Just a recipe for disaster in my book. 
Yeah, he, I mean, he's done. And we talked about this a couple of, you know, at the beginning of the season, actually. Uh, you know, he, he looked extremely bad, but it wasn't as bad as this past game. Uh, he's he's done. He's done. Hey, you know, this this should be his last season. Uh, don't even try to come back and redeem yourself. You know, it's him and Kobe. You know, they they're kind of running parallel with it with their production. Um, but he just he just doesn't have he doesn't have the legs. You know, uh, with the little ailments that he's he's having, that doesn't help. The arm strength was never really there, anyways. He, he just outsmarted teams, but right now it's all, all catching up to him, and he's trying to uh, overcompensate by getting the ball out of his hands, you know, earlier. But you know, the DBs are just sitting on that. So yeah, they're sitting that. waiting. They, they know it's like okay, he, yeah, they could play up, play that mid-range game because they know he can only throw it so far. I mean, you could do a nice shell and come down on them. It's just not a good thing. Um, I, I'm sad. At the, as much as I'm ragging him, I'm sad to see him go out like this. I thought last year or the Super Bowl he lost uh, should have been it. Just walked off into the sunset. But I get it as a competitor. You know, the very thing that makes you great is the same thing that sometimes hurts you. And you got to know when to say when. And unfortunately – I think John Elway was trying to suggest and suggest, and Peyton's not getting it now. It's like Peyton pay, played himself. You know, he, right now he's a detriment to the team and to himself uh, from, the phys, from the physical standpoint. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I, I think there's a little bit of pride that's at play also with Peyton because, let's face it, what older brother would want their younger brother to have more rewards than them? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So I think he's he's been trying to, you know, push himself to try to get that one more, you know, ring, that that one more Super Bowl appearance to at least tie his brother. But in doing that, I mean, he's putting the team at, at, at you know, well, he's a detriment to the team. Yeah. So and it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's so. Not. Um, I know. Please tell me you watched the Sunday night game. I did. I did. Man, uh, hey, those Cardinals. And I I told you in preseason, did I not tell you? I was like, these dudes are for real. And my boy, uh, Gerard Brown, 13, he is, the, he is the truth to me. To me, he makes number 15 very expendable. Uh, just... You know, I think that he just – he runs good routes, and you just throw anything in his vicinity, and it's snatch. I've seen that guy outside of Larry Fitzgerald and, like, a Chris Carter just make catches that wow you. Uh, but they have so many weapons. Who do you defend? You know, okay, you got a little Chris Johnson, got some David Johnson, then boom, you get uh, – whatchamacallit, <laughs> the little tailback. And it's like, you can't defend everybody. Yeah. You know, it's Arizona definitely has, has a, a great team. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away, but Carson Palmer is playing probably the best football that he's ever played uh, yes. right now. And, and, and that, that, that you just go back to last season. What 
would have happened last season if he would have stayed healthy. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm like, I think they would have won it all. I really do. They would have been the first team to host their own Super Bowl. Um, But going into it now, it gives, it's just, it goes uh, credit due to both um, Bruce Arians and Tom Moore. Look what quarterbacks do while they're playing for them. You know, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Ben Larsenberger. I mean, all but the two yo-yos that they had playing at the end of the season last year. I mean, quarterbacks thrive in this system. They thrive with their coaching. Um, So, I mean, I was never a USC quarterback fan, period. Uh, Early in his career, I thought he was overrated. Now, I like Carson Palmer, and not just because I'm here and not just because I've watched it. He's getting the job done. I mean, he actually looks more mobile now than he did earlier in his, in his career. Well, he does. He does. And he, it seems like he's playing with a lot more confidence also. Oh, yeah, he's got the swagger. <laughs> you know, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's happening in Seattle uh, just for a few Wait, seconds. But before oh. we go there, I got to give uh, some shout-out and some love to Honey Badger. Is he not playing? Does that dude know how to get – he reminds me of uh, Peanut Tillman slash Mike Brown. Well, more so Mike Brown. Mike Brown and physique and playing style, but Peanut Tillman and also because he creates turnovers. He's knocking out balls everywhere yeah. you look. Yeah. So, but, he's, he's playing well. And, you know, Arizona's one of those teams, man, like you can honestly see them getting, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I picked them versus the Steelers. That was my uh, pre post preseason pick. Because you look at the landscape of the NFC right now, uh, name one dominant team in the NFC. You know, besides you know Carolina, but even with Carolina, I don't are think, they really dominant? Yeah, I don't think I think Arizona is dominant. I think that Arizona matches well with Carolina. I don't think Carolina matches well with Arizona. Uh, we shall see. I, I, I'm. It's going to be a heck of a NFC uh, championship game if that does uh, take place. You know, and we'll see what what type of record Carolina ends up with. Also, if they have to play that game in Charlotte, so but that can make Seattle. Yeah, now what were you about to say about Seattle? We got a minute, so well, let's... you know, it's I'm 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 you know everybody likes to you know the pundits like to you know look at the offense and what Russell Wilson is doing and the you know not getting Jimmy Graham, you know, uh, involved. And, you know, one thing for sure that I want to talk about is the 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 craziness of beast mode only touching the ball eight times in that game. I, that was absolutely mind-blowing to me. So uh, we're going to come back and, and, and continue with this because uh, there's some problems in Seattle that, that need to be addressed on both sides of the ball. So we'll be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. Left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Surfing is taking the world by storm. 
It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back, and uh, before we went into break, uh, Reese was talking about some of the issues that's going on in Seattle. Um, well, Reese, go ahead and finish up. Yeah, there, there are three things uh, real quick. Uh, number one, uh, beast mode should be carrying the ball more than eight times. Absolutely. Number two, number two uh, Sherman, he looks like a shell of himself. Uh, it seems like some mental lapses throughout the game at certain points. And number three, I'm wondering if there's a lack of trust of Pete Carroll now. And and this goes back to the Super Bowl. Um, these guys just don't seem to be on on the same page, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I mean, those are the three things that I wanted to well, you know really really bring bring up. And you have to consider too that they also lost their D coordinator. Um, they lost some depth uh, with at linebacker Cam Chancellor was out, and usually those games that you just lose by an inch are the ones that hurt the most and kind of linger. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think there's some distrust going on with the staff. But, you know, they're all professionals. At some point, you got, you got to move on beyond that. Uh, it's, it's past the 24-hour rule, basically. And, you know, if you approach every game like it's j- that last game, then it doesn't matter. You know, you lose it, you move on. But uh, I agree with you. There seems to be uh, some sleepless nights in Seattle, trouble in paradise. Speaking about sleep bliss or going to sleep, man, my girl Ronda Rousey, she hey, she knew the game plan. She knew what Holly was going to bring her. She was like, she's going to move around. She's going to keep away distance and then try to get her to press. And when she slips up, you know, kick her in the head. Well, she kicked her in the throat. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 she basically prophesied her her uh, defeat. 
because that's what she was saying on all the talk shows and in interviews. She knew exactly what, you know, Holly was going to do. She knew exactly what she, but the problem is she does not, Rhonda does not have the game, the game plan and the skill to really deal with something like a, a, an elite boxer. This woman, uh, Holly, <laughs> a world champion boxer, and she was just sticking and moving all night, all night. And from a, from a boxing purist perspective, it was poetic. Oh, it was. You know? Now, here's the thing. For all those people, not just because she got kicked in the throat and got knocked out, but for those of that thought that she could do something to Floyd Mayweather, she would have never got in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, if she grabbed him, that's something else. But she would have got jabbed to death because this woman wouldn't have been able to jab with Floyd. Um, you know, and... It just showed you how the MMA, I don't know if you guys know, but like, so I've had MMA fighters, uh, Pietro Holman, who got knocked out a couple weeks or tapped out a couple weeks ago. He lived with me for about six months last year to train. Um, and they go to specialized coaches for, you know, their mat game. So they would go to Mike Van Arzel for the wrestling part. They would go to this person for, you know, uh, he went to Roberto Flamingo for his striking. Uh, you know, like with the kicks. And then they had someone else for the boxing. And so um, it's tough that, you know, that's what going back makes like a guy like John Bones Jones so great because you go in and say, well, his weakness is, you know, he's going against Aaron Comer. His weakness is he can't wrestle. Then he takes Comer down when no one else has done. Then it says with Rashad Evans, same thing. Then he's outboxed people. He's outkicked people. Um, so that's where when they try to compare Ronda to being one of the greatest, it's like, no, John Bones Jones is the greatest, single-handedly. But, you know, I hope Ronda is okay, you know, playing Michael Jackson. Ronda, are you okay? Are you okay, Ronda? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I thought it was so funny now uh, this morning, you know, Mayweather was actually coming to her defense. And, uh, you know, was saying that, you know, everybody loses, you know, everybody, he, he, even though he is like, you know, he hasn't experienced that, but, you know, it's something that, <laughs> <laughs> that everybody goes through. So when I read that, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. So he's like, very nicely is rubbing the salt into her wounds and, and, uh, you know, like coming to a defense. It's like, here, here, little child, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just funny. So anyway, real fast, let's make the picks, and then we'll talk about whatever's left. Uh, Titans at Jaguars. I am going to go with the Titans, even though the Jaguars are playing, even though they're losing, they're playing well. So I'm, not, pick, I'm not picking the Titans anymore this season. <laughs> okay. So Raiders at Lions. I think the Lions won their Super Bowl. I'm going to give it to the Gritty Raiders. I'm going to go with the Lions. At home. Yeah. Okay. We have the Colts at the Falcons. Well, it's time to say goodbye to the Indy staff. Is the, that last stretch going? It's unfortunate. I like them. 
But I'm going to give it to the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to turn it up in the dome. Hasselback is going to go down there and uh, go 3-0. and Okay, there you go. Uh, Rams versus Ravens. Both of these teams have kind of went backwards this year, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going with the Rams also. Bucks at Eagles. Pretty interesting uh, game, but I'm going to go with the Eagles. Mr. Butt Fumble will get his first win this season. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Denver at Chicago. Um, wow. I guess this no, is a no. tough one. I'm going to go with Broncos. I'm going with the Bears. There's no DeMarcus Ware coming off the edge. So Jay Cutler is going to have a little bit more time than Bears. They still got Shane. They got the rookie, they, Shane Ray. They, they're pretty deep, though. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Denver. Smack Jay in the mouth. Jets at Texans. Texans won against the Bengals. Mind you, there's only two undefeated teams still in the league. And But I am going to go with the Jets because that hurt that hurt, loss last week stung. I'm going, you know what, I'm going with the Texans. I believe that they, they believe that they're still in this. They're still in the uh, AFC South uh, run. horrible. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. So we have Washington at Carolina. I'm going Carolina. Uh, yeah. Carolina would be 9-0. and Dallas, Dallas at Miami. Hmm. Who do you have, Reese? I'm going with Miami. Everybody thinks that Romo is, is, is Jesus. You know, <laughs> he's a savior. He's not saving anything with Dallas. They'll be 2-8. and eight. I'm going to go with Dallas just because I'm still not sold on the Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs at Chargers. Ooh. Uh, this is a game I wouldn't even want to watch. It, it's just yeah, and, a whole bunch I, of mediocrity. You know, I, this is one game where, you know, if Kansas City can win, they'll, they'll still stay in striking distance. But I'm going to go with San Diego. They have to get a win. Yeah, I, I like Eric Berry versus Phillip Rivers, even though people don't seem to even realize Phillip Rivers is third in the uh, NFL with passing this year. So we're going to go – I'll go with uh, Kansas City. Uh, Green Bay at the Vikings. I'm going Green Bay. I can't see them losing twice. I'm going to Minnesota. All right, 49ers at Seattle. Seattle has to get it together. Going with Seattle. Seattle. Uh, the Bengals, if they didn't lose last week, they were going to lose this week coming to Arizona. I'm going with the Cards. They have too much depth. I'm going with Cincinnati. Mm. Well, I know for you, Reese, it's uh, that time of year where uh, basketball college got this kickoff. So I'm sure you're in hog's heaven. But man, I bulls appreciate down and bulls down there in Phoenix. Yeah, Are that's what I'm heading to in a bit. I'm yep. going tonight before I get on my flight. So, hey, man, I appreciate you, and see you next week. We'll be doing a show from the hometown. Uh, tell your mom to get the food ready, man. Will do. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.